It all starts from within because within is where the personal shift begins. Hello and welcome to the Personal Shift Podcast. I'm your host, Dorotea, and together we will cover topics all about mindset, manifestation, personal development, and self-love. If you're ready to finally let go of all things holding you back, start believing everything is possible, and create your own definition of success, then this podcast is for you. But remember, there is no one size fits all to anything, and connecting to your personal self is the only way to go. So take a seat while we dig deep and unravel limiting beliefs in order to create space for the new energy of the personal shift to knock on the doors. It's time you finally create a version of yourself and life you keep dreaming about. Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the newly rebranded podcast, I should say. We have a new name, we have a new cover, we have a new intro, new music, kind of everything new. And even though everything is kind of new, the topics will stay relatively the same. But since it's been more than half a year since our last episode, and let me tell you, we have a lot (laughs) to catch up on, as you can get from the title of this episode. But honestly, with everything you're about to hear today and how many things have shifted for me personally, this rebrand was probably the most aligned thing I could do because I have grown so much as a person in the past half a year. And kind of all the things that I created have also grown with me. The content will stay pretty much similar with a bit more of an emphasis on the mindset and spirituality because this has been a huge part of of my life journey for the past half a year. So all that being said, I really hope that you love this little rebrand that we did and that you're still gonna come along for a ride with us into this self-growth discovery journey, however you wanna call it. Now, all that being said, I think we can really get into this episode. And honestly, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. So this one is going to be a long one. So I hope you're ready for a ride. If you're at home, just sit down, make yourself a cup of coffee, enjoy the conversation. A big life update from my side and what's been going on is coming your way. So here we go. I think there's really no easy way to start this episode. So we're just gonna start from the start, how things have happened, what has been going on, and so on. So the last episode that I recorded was somewhere in July. And this was the time when I was still kind of in between of will I take a break or will I not take the break that I really needed. So what was going on in my personal life? Let's just put it this way. I was experiencing a burnout to the full extent. So prior to that, prior to the burnout actually happening, nothing like big has happened. It was just the way that I lived. I was really overworking myself for probably a year prior to a burnout and on top of that also dealing with some health issues. If you've been following me for a longer time on social media then you would know that I had some back problems, then I had some teeth problems as well and since I was then still living in Switzerland um, I could take care of some stuff in Switzerland but some things it was just easier for me to handle in Croatia. Many reasons why we're not gonna get into that right now but anyways so I was pretty much overworking myself 
on top of that with dealing with some health issues and trying to you know have a personal life and on top of that also work on my passions and so on and honestly I'm actually surprised that it took so long for me to realize that I was experiencing a burnout because I feel that I have been in a denial for probably good half a year before actually deciding to take a break. So I was experiencing all the symptoms burnout brings from tiredness, chronic fatigue, inexplicable injuries, uh, health issues, emotional roller coasters, not having a will to do anything, back and forth and so on, okay? So anyways, in July, 2022 I just decided to take a break that was much needed for the longest time and what I did was I kind of made an announcement on my Instagram and at that time I really couldn't deal with making an announcement that the podcast is taking a break that I'm taking a break on TikTok and so on so I just did it on Instagram and I'm pretty sure that you all kind of know that because you saw it from the Instagram but in case you're just a podcast listener I'm really sorry we're back <laughs> so anyway I decided to take a break and I kind of what I did is I decided to have the best summer of my life. I created a list of all the places I wanted to visit. So this included places in Switzerland because I still lived back then in Switzerland. I wanted to discover some new places around the coast of Croatia because this is where I'm from and this is where I spend uh, all of my summers. This is where kind of my family is from and so on. And I honestly had one of the best summers of my life. I visited so many places in Switzerland, along the coast of Croatia. I saw some places that have been on my to-visit list for years. I celebrated my 30th birthday. I had some friends come over. And then at the end of summer, we also went to spend a honeymoon on Malta, which was a whole another experience, which I will never forget. And it was honestly the best summer of my life, summer I will always remember and I just felt with every day like a breath of fresh air was coming to me more and more if it makes sense. So now a little side story, we kind of decided to move out of Switzerland somewhere around April last year, okay? So we kind of already had everything planned out and we knew that the moment we come back home from Malta, which was the end of summer, the end of all the summer adventures and so on, we knew that what was waiting for us was packing, packing, packing and preparing for the move. So I knew what was waiting for me when I would come back from Malta. I was completely ready for it and we were actually very excited about it. But honestly, little did I know what was about to happen as well. As if packing your whole life and moving it to a new country wasn't difficult enough. So before I get into what happened next and before we get further into this story, I feel like many people are actually thrown off when they hear that we have decided to move out of Switzerland because people usually want to move in in Switzerland and we kind of willfully decided to do the opposite. And before I get any further, I really have to emphasize that even though the reasons for uh, this decisions are numerous and we will not get 
get into them this time, I want you to know that this has somehow always been a plan because we have always wanted to live where we feel most ourselves. And truth be told, if we ever decide that we want to go back to Switzerland, we can. But for now, home is where the heart is and our hearts are at the Adriatic coast. Okay, so now that being said, uh, let's go back to the moment where we came back from Malta. So I knew what was waiting for me, for us, when we would come back. It was packing and a lot of packing and packing, packing, packing. But I was honestly excited about the move. But the whole excitement was completely overshadowed what was about to happen next. And before we get into that, I feel like I also want to emphasize another thing. And that is that everything that you're about to hear, I'm stating it only because that you kind of know what's been going on and that you kind of can get the bigger picture but I want you to know that I truly never believed and I still don't believe in putting myself in some sort of a category and sometimes this is the main reason I don't mention some of the things it has absolutely nothing to do with accepting what's going on or something like that but more with not allowing the energy that is supposed to heal you in what I mean by that is what I believe is that when you label yourself you kind of put yourself in a category and when you put yourself in a category you will always see your symptoms as your symptoms and you will always see your state of being as your state of being and you will always have this clinging feeling that you can't really surpass this situations that you found yourself in because you will always identify with this category these symptoms and so on and on and you will always look at yourself as just that but the truth is you are so 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 much more okay so that being said we will talk about some really difficult things now and what has happened you know <laughs> when we decided to move okay so for the could let's say four months prior to the move we have been dealing with like bureaucracy stuff uh, paperwork finding you know people who are going to move our stuff from one country to another finding a new apartment and the very last step was actually putting stuff in the boxes like that was the easy stuff okay and because of like the logistic part of it all uh, it was me the first one who was going to uh, the new place and I was gonna take the keys from our new apartment and then my husband would follow with the movers a day or two later okay so that was the plan we packed everything and I was like okay I'm ready to go see you in two days love you love you yay we're excited let's do this so I just took my backpack I went first to Croatia because this was the easiest thing by the way I just realized that I haven't even mentioned where we decided to move so we decided to move to the Slovene part of the Adriatic coast which is uh, right next to the Croatian border and right next to the Italian border. The reasons for this are actually numerous and uh, we are kind of connected with this place. Our family is close. We have friends in Slovenia as well. Uh, the culture is very similar. The language is very similar. The vibe is kind of, it just feels like home, okay? And there are some other, you know, private personal reasons why we decided to go here, but this is what we have decided to be our home for now and we were very, very much excited 
excited. So anyways, I packed my backpack, went to Zagreb. This is where I'm from. I went first to see my family. And then it was just a really easy ride to get to the Slovene part of the coast. And let me tell you, if all the things that, you know, could influence what was about to happen next, they they kind of all combined, okay? Moving, no matter how excited you are and how exciting this whole situation is, it is stressful at the end of the day, okay? So there was definitely stress. I was stressing a little bit about the logistic part because I needed to be in a certain place by a certain time and then dealing with the transportation and so on. I actually did not sleep uh, a lot the night prior to getting to the new place. TMI, I was also on my period and also had kind of a cold a week prior to that. So I was really not okay, guys. Like I was really not okay. And I, you know, when you're excited, the adrenaline is here and it's kind of keeping you alive. And I really feel like this is what's been keeping me to go and go and go and do the things and then the moment I touched down, <laughs> when I like kind of came to my goal end, this was the moment where my body decided to break. So long story short, what happened is I had a seizure in the middle of the street. So I woke up in the morning, uh, took a ride from Zagreb to the new place, and I managed to get to the new place. I was actually, prior to the seizure, I was on the phone with my husband, and he he heard me that I was not okay, and I was like very emotional and very shaky, but I didn't feel like that it was something unordinary. I was just like, oh, I'm just stressed because I, you know, I have to get the keys handed over and so on. And he was like, no, 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 you're another level of stress. But he was like, you know what? You're like, try to, you know, I was in the bus uh, to get to this place. And he was like, okay, try to like sleep for half an hour. It's going to be fine. He tried to calm me down. And for a moment he did. And then I managed to get to the place. <laughs> I got out of the bus and even in the bus, I started like getting twitched from my body. You know those twitches when you're about to fall asleep and your body twitches, okay? So just to reassure you, my neurologist reassured me, okay? This is completely normal when you're falling asleep, but this is by no means normal if you're wide awake, okay? This is actually an alarming sign. If you're wide awake and experiencing these twitches, it can be like a pre-sign of a seizure that is about to happen. So I was feeling this, these twitches and actually, you know, even talking about it right now is kind of like a little bit traumatic for me, but I'm trying to surpass that. Okay. So breathe in, breathe out. We can do it. We're okay. We're safe now. So I was experiencing that and I got off the bus and I was like, okay, I need to calm down. I have half an hour before I have to get to, um, you know, to have the keys handed over for the new apartment. So I sat down on the bench, tried to breathe. I called myself down a little bit and I was like, okay, it's a little bit better. By the way, not in my wildest dreams did I think that this was what was going to happen next, okay? So I kind of calmed myself down and I was like, okay, let's get to the apartment. So keep in mind another little fun fact is that the time when I came to the place where we moved, they were actually filming a Hollywood movie in the town and many streets were closed, okay? So this is kind of... You, you may feel like this is irrelevant for the story, but it's kind of relevant because... 
I, you know, I couldn't get to the apartment the normal way, which I usually could take and the path that I took when I came to see the apartment for the first time, like a few months prior to that. So the reason why I'm mentioning this is because this is kind of my last memory. <laughs> okay. Um, I kind of got a little bit closer to the apartment, but I, I still had like five minutes walk. Okay. And I couldn't figure out where to go because many streets were closed, whatever. So I, I tried to, you know, I'm using a Google. I find the direction in Google. I see the direction in my Google maps. I was like, okay. And then I put the phone in my purse. And after that, it was total blackout. And the next scene that I remember is me sitting down on the ground and there is people around me. There is um, emergency people around me, doctors, policemen, and everyone is calming me down and trying to, you know, they're asking me questions like, you know, do you know where you are and stuff like that. And honestly, when you experience a seizure, you are very confused when you come back. You're very confused. And this is actually hilarious, but my first, one of the first sentences that I said was like, where is my husband? Like, no, I was asking like, where is Sebastian? Where is Sebastian? Like, where is Seba? Where is Seba? And they were like, who is Seba? And I was like, he's my husband. Like, where is he? Where is he? And they were like, they were straight like in kind of like not panic mode, but they were like on a mission. Like we have to find the husband. So they started searching for him <laughs> around this alley, you know, trying to find him. And it took me like a good few moments before I realized like, oh, no, wait, he's still in Switzerland. And they were looking at me like, I'll write it down. <laughs> So anyways, that's a little funny note about that. And after that, what happened is, you know, they obviously took me to the hospital. I didn't manage to get to the apartment to have the keys handed over. But, you know, it took me like, I would say like 20 minutes to kind of get completely to my senses. But you like, don't get this wrong. You don't get to your senses in the sense of like, you're ready for life. You're still very confused. You're still very weak. You just want to sleep and your body is like, we need sleep, we need sleep, we need to calm down. But you kind of become aware of all the things that are happening around you. And they were putting me in the, before they took me to the hospital, they were putting me in the emergency car, however you call it, the ambulance car. I, I don't know. Um, and I was like, I had a like a epiphany moment and I was like yelling to the policeman like no please like you need to call you need to call and tell them I'm coming for like the keys and he was like you're not going anywhere but I'm gonna call so he called and then logistically my husband and my family and um, you know uh, the owners of the place they they kind of figured it out and we got the keys of the apartment obviously but I was just like all over the place and you know that part when I told you, you know, when things are happening in your life and adrenaline is what keeps you going, I really believe that this is what I experienced. Like adrenaline was there to, you know, push me, push me, push me. But then my body kind of came to the final destination and I was like, touch down. And the adrenaline kind of decided like, bye, we served our purpose. And it was just like, touch down for me. And then I crashed. I completely crashed and I had a seizure. I don't know how all of this story sounds to you. Maybe it sounds like you had a seizure and you're talking about this like so easily. I'm, first of all, I'm not talking about it so easily, but the reason 
why I wasn't very super shocked. I was shocked. Okay, I did not expect this, honestly. But the reason why I wasn't like super shocked is because I actually had epilepsy for like good eight years of my life. And I actually had a seizure back when I was 12. And this is something that I, as I said before, I never wanted to label myself, never wanted to put myself in the category, like the closest people around me, they know everything and so on. But I know that in spite of all that, I was living my fullest life. I was doing the things I loved back in the days. And, you know, I didn't allow anything to stop me. Like, yeah, of course, you need to take medications, like you need to go to checkups and so on. But I just wouldn't allow this to define me and so it didn't and after like eight years or so I don't know maybe less maybe more who counts anymore they they were like you're healed you know you're um every time you go for a checkup everything comes back clear like we can slowly take you off medication and then they monitor you because you're actually not allowed to get off of the medication immediately like it has to be done gradually so then they monitor you and so on so I've been like epilepsy free and medication free for like good 12 years and why this happened now it's just in a way I don't want to say I'm angry at myself because I'm not angry at myself but I know that the reason why it happened is because I just overburdened myself to a point where my body was first of all it was screaming with inexplicable injuries like which came out of nowhere and I still wouldn't listen and then it was screaming with a burnout which first I wouldn't listen and then I listened but then at the same time I kind of wasn't listening because I was still very stressed out about everything happening in life you know and I was giving it way too much attention than I should have and then my body was probably like fine you don't want to listen we've been screaming for so long so here we go maybe now you will listen <laughs> okay so anyways that's on that story and this was just kind of the beginning of the story and what happened after that so long story short I got re-diagnosed with epilepsy after 12 years I got on medication I dealt with like side effects of medication because I don't want to get into that like I really don't because I'm fine now but it's just like sometimes <laughs> this is very difficult to explain if not going into depth but I really don't want to focus on that I hope you understand this but when you you're taking these medications there is this kind of a period of time where your body needs to get used to it and this period when I was younger when I was first diagnosed with epilepsy when I was like 12 years old the symptoms were more like I what I just wanted to sleep uh, I was constantly tired my hair was falling out but that that's also another story because back then I got a way too high dosage of you know medications so this time I was like extra careful and yelling at everyone like no you won't do this to me again <laughs> Um, and stuff like that and this time around I had the complete opposite symptoms which were like I could not fall asleep I I even had like I don't know probably like 48 hours of no sleep which when you have epilepsy like sleep is the number one thing that you need to be okay okay and it was just 
I was just so scared. Like, I was like, I cannot fall asleep, but at the same time, I'm scared. What if this happens again? Because I cannot fall asleep, but I cannot fall asleep because of the medication. And then I would went into this spiral mode of an, like panic attack and anxiety and just being stressed out and so on. So it was really a handful to take in. And truth be told, like the last three months of 2022, so keep in mind the seizure happened like at the end of, what was that, September? So we have like October, November, and December. And the last three months of 2022 are really kind of blurry to me because at the same time, so much has been going on, but at the same time, not so much. Like I was really all over the place trying to handle this new but old but new situation. And I had to go to a lot of checkups and to my doctor. And uh, because we moved to a new country, once again, I still didn't have everything figured out so I had to go to Croatia and do that there so I was still not kind of still and in place you know this whole move for for me was like oh we're finally gonna you know be settled down and it's not that we weren't settled down in Switzerland but as I said previously with like back problems and so on I was also like going a little bit forward and back you know and I was like really looking forward to like just being settled down and you know just calm down and peaceful and like life was just like no no not yet no no so you know I was really trying to handle this whole situation and kind of like with all that I kind of I don't want to say that I developed like a PTSD because you know that's really a very heavy term but there definitely was some sort of a traumatic response uh, especially like in the moments where I couldn't fall asleep I was fearful that you know this would happen again because you know the night before the seizure I slept like two or three hours and I was like if I sleep now two or three hours like this is going to happen again and I was just very traumatized and so on and as if this wasn't enough, <laughs> as if this wasn't enough, I also started to struggle with ticks to a point where my neurologist even said like, maybe this is even Tourette's. And I was just like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Um, so regarding ticks, once again, this is also not very new to me because this has been a part of my life ever since I was a teenager. And the the ticks that I kind of experience, they're completely under my control. And I'm very aware that I'm doing them. And they are much stronger in the times of stress. So in the times of stress and like lack of sleep and stuff like that. And when I'm just enjoying life, I can have them because, you know, they're under my awareness, under my control. I can kind of control them if it makes sense. Prior to all of this happening in my life, the seizure and so on, uh, when I have like a stressful situation, for example, when I was still going to university, I would experience this because, you know, a big exam coming up you are stressed out so I would have a little bit of ticks but I would kind of have it under control okay and this time I was just like so stressed out that I just I couldn't control it like I I mean I could but then if you kind of don't let it happen they become stronger and stronger and stronger and you just start struggling with it and you know 
it's not like you know you magically have a seizure and you get medication and you're magically fine like no like you need to still deal with you know the healing part of it um and getting used to the whole new situation and this by itself is stressful as well and then as i said like the traumatic response and all of that you know i let's just you know i know all of this is kind of very heavy to hear but let me tell you like i I really don't want to focus on that. As I said previously, I mentioned this so that you kind of get a picture of what's been going on and how I've been dealing with it. And, you know, things were not always sunshines and rainbows. Like, they were not. First, it was difficult for me to even talk about this on social media. And then once I decided to talk about this, actually a lot of people reached out to me. And I feel like sometimes what helps people the most is when they hear that they are not alone and that, you know, other people are struggling with kind of like not necessarily the same thing, but similar things, even if it's just similar on the psychological level. Like we don't even have to talk about the physical and physiological aspect of this whole situation like if we just look at the psychological uh, effect of this situation on me I was all over the place I was an emotional roller coaster I was you know a little ticking bomb ready to explode my nervous system was just on top let's just put it that way by the way since I'm mentioning this, for those of you that don't know, like, what is epilepsy? It's basically like your brain has certain brain waves frequencies, and this is normal, okay? And then when you are experiencing epilepsy, your brain waves, like the frequency of them becomes like it can become more and more frequent to a point where it becomes like so like the it's just literally like a higher frequency, higher speed of the frequency. I don't know how to explain this properly, but your brain waves are pretty much like having a, a drugged party in your brain. Let's put it that way. And because of this higher frequency of the brain waves, your body kind of, you know, shuts down. Like, this is why you experience a seizure. And, you know, of course, I had the background of epilepsy. So, you know, they were like pretty much sure that it's that, but they also wanted to run like a bazillion of checkups just to make sure it's not something else and knock, knock on the wood. Thankfully, it's not like very grateful for that and very grateful for my doctor who, you know, she literally sent me to all the checkups that, you know, you could do. And I'm very grateful for that. And they were like, everything is okay. Like, thankfully. So, you know, you just let time heal you and so on. And I was emotional roller coaster. And I was aware that my emotional roller coaster was a part of all this situation. But at the same time, like my gut feeling was telling me that I'm even including all of the situation, I was still not feeling completely myself. And I actually had a vitamin D deficiency like seven years ago or so. And I don't know why, but a light bulb moment like happened and I was like I need to ask my doctor and check this again because when I said like she sent me too many different checkups like she did but vitamin D deficiency is like not what they check unless they suspect it if it makes sense and it's not not a 
part of the regular checkups okay and even though i was doing some things that were out of the regular checkups this was not included and i was like let's check that and the results came back and i was very much vitamin d deficient okay because i was borderline starting to experience the symptoms of depression and this is honestly something that i have never but never experienced in my life and this was the most the most difficult for me to deal with like I experienced epilepsy, I experienced the seizure, you know, I knew how to deal with that, even though it was super difficult. Depression was something that was never a part of me. So for those of you that don't know, like vitamin D deficiency, depending, you know, how much you're deficient, maybe you have zero symptoms. And when I had vitamin D deficiency, like seven years ago, I had zero symptoms. Like I was okay. They just discovered this by chance back then. Okay. So you can have zero symptoms, but the most frequent symptoms are like especially in women like depression and also like if it continues that you have like vitamin d deficiency like you can also experience osteoporosis and stuff like that and it, it's just let, let's just say vitamin d is very very important okay and it's very funny to me because i couldn't be more of a sunshine person in the sense of like every free moment that i have i will spend it outside absorbing the sun like your body is producing vitamin d through the sun you know like yeah you you can get it from the food it's difficult but you can but most of it it comes from the sun and it's very funny because the whole summer as i told you i took like a whole summer break and i was spending this summer on the sun non-stop like really okay I, I don't know how to, you know, um, how to explain this properly, how to convince you. And I don't think I need to, but just trust me on this one. Like, I'm not the person that is hiding in her house the whole day and doesn't have the sun exposure and therefore I have vitamin D deficiency. Like, sometimes vitamin D deficiency can happen for other reasons, sometimes genetically, sometimes, you know, maybe because your BMI is way too high. I'm in that category, but I feel like in my case, it's more the gen- genetic thing because it runs in my women's family okay let's put it that way so anyways back to the vitamin d deficiency at that time like i was really experiencing something that i have never experienced before and these were now that i look at it like really the symptoms of depression and it's just it's very difficult to explain but it's the feeling of like you wake up and your whole body feels heavy and it takes so much energy out of you to just get out of bed to just do anything and you know that you have to force yourself because you know that if you do those things you're gonna feel better but at the same time it's so difficult to force yourself because you have zero energy to force yourself so I was really not being myself at those moments because the way that I know myself is I'm the positive person, I'm the happy person, I'm the person of, yes, let's go, let's do this, you know. I, I'm not the most action pro person, okay? I, lo- I love to have my moments of laziness and, you know, relaxation. At the end of the day, my grandpa was from Dalmatia, so, you know, dolce fa niente. <laughs> or in Croatian, we say pomalo. So that is a very, very big part of who I am. But at the same time, like I knew that I am this person who is always like enthusiastic about life and excited about life. And out of nowhere, now I'm like stuck here and I don't even recognize myself. So 
the moment where my doctor saw the amount of vitamin D deficiency, they were like, okay, mega doses for two months. And I was taking, uh, what was that? Like 40,000 units per week. And yeah, those were like very, very high dosages. Okay. And they helped. They definitely helped. But I'm now in the place where I can talk about all of this. I have more good days than bad days, but it's not that bad days don't happen. I'm still dealing with some of the like, let's call them symptoms, which are much more, you know, easier for me to handle and so on. I also, when we talk about like, if if you're wondering, like, what can you also do to kind of help yourself feel better? I upped my supplementation game super hardcore. So first of all, taking big doses of vitamin B complex that helps with depression symptoms or lack of energy or anything like that. Take your vitamin D if you are in the, the same scenario as me. By the way, what I need to tell you is about vitamin D is the metabolism of vitamin D uh, happens with the help of magnesium. So if you if you're taking vitamin D supplements, you want to be taking uh, a lot of magnesium as well because you want this metabolism to happen. So I was also upping my game uh, on uh, magnesium. Then at the same time, I I upped my game on omega-3s, uh, on omega in general, uh, because this is actually what helps your brain, uh, your heart and your brain. But specifically, I was taking it because of the ticks. It helps with the ticks and it actually helped so much, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, my ticks are still here, but not too the extreme and to the amount that they were like two months ago or so. So I have a feeling like if I just keep, you know, working on healing myself and giving my body uh, space and time and everything that it needs with proper supplementation and proper nutrition, we're gonna get there. So just trying to be patient with myself here. Then at the same time, because of all, like I didn't even mention this, but you know, the emotional roller coaster was here because of all of this happening. But then at the same time the stress also caused my body to decide to have three periods in a month because why not I'm a person who has never struggled with this so this was just like what's going on like my body's falling apart okay um I was actually taking some natural remedies for this and it includes lots of garlic vinegar and vitamin c um if you need any help around this shoot me a message and I'll tell you exactly what I did uh, and it actually helped so yeah uh, I come from a grandma who is very much pro-holistic uh, approach, you know, to everything. So when I was a kid, I would, you know, when I had a sore throat, I would suck on garlic. So I'm okay with that. I don't mind. And I know that some people will be like, with this but you know when you're not feeling fine you're willing to do everything like everything okay so anyways I won't get into this too much but if you need tips on this just shoot me a message on Instagram uh, Dorotea Personal and I'll tell you like more info about this so anyways I also like upped my game on that on natural remedies on vitamin C so that also got under control thankfully knock 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 on the wood 
good <laughs> once again. But yeah, like as if emotional roller coaster from this, you know, having a seizure, getting diagnosed with epilepsy, uh, having vitamin D deficiency wasn't enough. I also got the emotional roller coaster of my hormones, which decided to have three periods in a month. And it was just like, I was just a mess. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And um, yeah. <laughs> So now all that being said, I'm here and even though things are still not perfect, I am at the point where I feel good enough that I can show up and talk about this and help other people if they're experiencing anything of similar kind. And I also came to a point where I realized that I want to show also this part of myself where I'm trying to rebuild myself. And I can't really show you this if I don't tell you kind of what's going on. Once again, I really want to emphasize the main reason why I mentioned all of these things is that you get the picture of what's going on but not because I want to put myself in some sort of a category because I don't do this. There are days where of course your brain wants to identify with this and it's not easy to not label yourself like don't get me wrong it's not an easy job but I still don't want to put myself into a category because I feel like that is the way to prevent like the new healing energy to come into your life. And all that being said I want you to know that I am trying to rebuild myself and I know that I will get there and I know that I won't be here forever. It's just a season of life that is here to teach you something and let me tell you, I have been taught a lot of things in the past half a year. I honestly think I haven't been taught this much in my entire life as much as I have been taught from all of this happening in the past half a year. So many realizations I had, so many things that I understood like what is important, what is not, what are my limiting beliefs, what is the wrong pattern of behavior that I have and that you know I should be focusing on other things and trying to find the beauty in the smallest stuff and to remind myself it's okay to be a beginner that it's okay that not every day has to be a good day but I'm also learning even though not every day is a good day it's still a good thing because every bad day is a little less badder than the previous one and that's what I'm focusing on right now and it actually helps because as you're healing you're realizing like okay healing is not linear it's not gonna be the same but as long as you're progressing and your bad days become shorter uh, and you know less worse than the previous one you kind of see that you still are picking up the pieces and healing yourself along the way and rediscovering yourself rebuilding yourself and to end this whole episode, I really think that I kind of gave you the whole life update. Of course, I could get into depth about so many other things that have been going on. And I think I will be slowly like maybe talking about them more and more in the episodes to come. So stay tuned for that. But I'm gonna stop here and I'm gonna end this episode with if I've learned anything from the past half a year that is that I am so 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 loved and I I feel like even though I knew previously that I was loved and blessed with the people in my life I also feel like I wasn't allowing it to the fullest and when you're vulnerable when you're leaning on other people you have no other option but to learn how to allow to be loved and I realized that the only way to 
allow to be loved is to allow to be myself more than ever because at the end of the day I am I and life will be beautiful only when I am who I am no matter how this high looks like at the moment because this is also something that can change and um yeah so anyways to conclude this episode i just want to let you know that you are love everything is solvable not every problem necessarily has to be a problem maybe it's just a season in your life Maybe you can call a problem a challenge, you know, that you have to surpass, that is going to teach you something. Know that your mental health is more important than anything. And know that by putting yourself in the first place and know that you being you as you are is what is going to help you the most to let go of the fears, to let go of anything that you're dealing with. And know that no matter how it looks like or feels like, you will never be alone and I know that for some people this is harder to hear than others because some people really don't have the support that some people do but even if you don't have the support know that you're not alone there are people who care and if you feel like that they aren't then you can message me and that will be a good start okay so anyways We're going to end this episode here. Thank you so much for listening. If you stayed till the end of this voice message, thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Thank you for allowing me to express myself and to be myself, even if this myself is not completely okay, because you're giving me the space to heal. And it's just so beautiful to know that. So all that being said, I hope you have a nice start of the week if you're listening this today when it's posted on Monday and when you're listening this wherever I still hope you have a nice week and I will talk to you in the next episode next week I love you lots and once again thank you for being a part of this journey 